Welcome to the Women's Ministry Toolbox Podcast. I'm Cindy Ellenby, your host and women's ministry mentor. I'm the founder of Women's Ministry Toolbox and the author of Rethinking Women's Ministry. The Women's Ministry Toolbox Podcast is a podcast for women's ministry leaders and team members of all stages, from new to seasoned, serving in their local church community. If you're looking for hope and inspiration, you've come to the right place. In addition to discussing the nuts and bolts of women's ministry, I'll be asking seasoned women's ministry leaders to share their best tips and the lessons they've learned. Together, we'll learn to build a flourishing, Christ-focused women's ministry. It is time for another leader interview. Today, we're going to be talking with Carolina Wilson. Carolina is a single woman leading a women's ministry team. She's not been leading for really all that long, but God has given her many things to share with you all. I know you're going to find so very helpful. Let's jump in and get started. Carolina is a women's ministry leader in her local church in Iowa. So welcome. Thank you, Cindy. I am so looking forward to our conversation today because I know just with talking with you for a few minutes that you've got some really neat things to share with leaders. Why don't you start by telling us about the church that you serve in? As you said, we're in Waverly, Iowa, which is in the northeast part of the state, and it's a small town. I think we're around 12,000. We do have a small college in our town, and we are just 15 miles from a larger metropolis, we would call it metropolitan area, where there's a large university. So being in the town nearby, we have the, a smaller congregation. We're at Grace Church, and we have 96 members. Pre-pandemic, we would have about 125 or so on a Sunday morning. We have been able to go back in person and we are now probably averaging around 80 people in person. But we're also, like many, are on Facebook Live and we have many of our congregation are watching that way. Even as I started as a leader in women's ministry, we had a change in pastor and that's been just kind of different too. What's that been like? Well, we'd had a pastor for 12 or 13 years, Pastor Jim, and we all loved him. He was great preachers of the word. He realized that the Lord wanted him to go back to school to get his doctorate. And so he resigned. So it was no bad feelings or anything in that regard. And we had an associate, even though we're small, God has blessed us. We had an associate who was able to keep leading us. He was overseeing music and outreach. We had some interim pastor, and then we did call a person. It took about a year to get our next pastor, and it was his first pastorate. And so that was interesting after having had someone for so many years, someone new. And he was here for a little over a year. And around Christmas time, he had sent an email out to about eight ladies saying, I'd like to get together with you and talk about women's ministry so that we can maybe have something more coordinated because we weren't having anything. The lady that had been doing it had family things she needed to deal with and it had been a couple years before we'd had anything 
solid or uh, programs of any kind or even gatherings. Mm -hmm. And so the eight of us like, okay, that's fine. So we we're going to have that after the first of the year in January. Well, the first Sunday in January, he resigned. <laughs> and so it was kind of like, okay. And the elder that was going to oversee women's ministry, he said, we're going to meet anyway. And it's like, okay. So we just set another date in about a week and we met in the fellowship hall and sat around the table. We all came from with different perspectives, just kind of like, okay, what do we want to happen or what's going on? And it was interesting how each lady had a different area that they were interested in. Like one was very interested in prayer one was really interested in Bible study. Another lady was very helpful in coordinating our annual Christmas dinner, women's Christmas dinner. And she's like, well, I can do that. And she's very organized. And, and so I'm sitting there and even beforehand, I'm like, I don't know what I have to, to bring to the table, but he saw something. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I just wasn't sure. I had at the last maybe two or three Christmas dinners had been part of the program. And the most recent one had done the whole program. And I kind of last minute put put it together. And so I thought, well, maybe he really thinks I can do something. God had, the year before, had kind of changed my heart. I'd been involved in a parachurch ministry. And he'd kind of been turning my heart not against it, but just like I wasn't that interested in it anymore. Mm. And it's like, I'm not sure I want to continue in this. And I don't know why, because I've been doing this for 20, 25 years and I've always enjoyed it, but it just hadn't brought the joy like it had been. And I was like, okay, I don't know. And, and so when I went to this meeting, it's kind of like, well, is this what you're doing, God? And the week before and the week of, I'd just been praying. And during the meeting, I just listened. I just sat there and listened and was kind of taking notes. I'm a secretary by trade. And so taking notes is normal for me. And I was hearing all these things, but I wasn't hearing anyone step up and say they'd be the point person, so to speak. And the elder, he's making notes too. It's like, okay, you'll take care of that and you'll take care of that. And so I finally said, well, you know, don't we need someone to coordinate it? And they're like, well, we can just all tell our elder, tell Paul what's going on. And red flags just went up in my brain. It's like, no, that's not what an elder is for. No, <laughs> we can't put that on his plate. He's got a family and a job and as an elder, other things. And it's like, we need a point person. And it's just like, my heart's going, oh God, is this what you were preparing me for? It's like, I don't know that I want to do this, but it just kept coming up. And finally, one of the ladies was sitting there and she goes, well, I don't know if this is the way to do it, but I, I nominate Carolina to be our leader. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, I was going to talk to Paul after the meeting about that because I had all these, like, this is why I shouldn't do it. This is what I'm hesitant about. Mm -hmm. I was going to talk it through with him. And she's like, well, I just think you should be the leader. I was like, okay. And, you know, and I was like, okay, I'll talk to him about it. I'll talk to him about it. So I talked to him and, and his wife was there too. And I said, you know, this is what hesitates me. I am not like any of the ladies here. I said, I'm single. I've never been married. I don't have any children. And 
you know, that's the 95% of our church. <laughs> and I said, I don't know what they need. I don't know what they want. I just know how to organize and coordinate things. I said, I just, I don't feel adequate. And, and he's like, well, Carolina, God is leading you this way. He will make you adequate. He mm -hmm. will help you in those areas. And I'm just like, okay. I said, can I pray about it? You know, that's your standard answer. <laughs> can I pray about it? And can I give you an answer on Sunday? He's like, yes, you may. I went to home that night and I was just like, you're going to say yes. Why are you saying, can I pray about it for four days? Yep. And the next day I was like, okay, don't react. Don't just say yes, because it's a need you can fill. Is it what God wants? I'm throughout the day at work praying and talking to God while I'm working. And it's like, Carolina, this is what he has for you. Don't fight it. So I texted him and I said, I don't know why I'm waiting. God is pushing me this direction. So I'm saying yes. And he's like, okay, well, I'll talk to the other elder and we'll, if they all approve, then we take it to our congregation to affirm that, yes, God is leading in that direction also in their hearts. And so within a month, we, that all happened and it's been a year now because <laughs> that oh. was right before pandemic. Oh my goodness. And then you were probably like, what have I gotten myself into? Exactly. Because I, I mean, we met once, I think, wow. in February, and then Iowa pretty much shut down St. Patrick's Day. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, we're not meeting. We can't do it. We're churches and even meeting. We can't do anything. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. I really didn't. <laughs> but, but God did. God did, yes. You know how you can look back and see now how he was preparing you, how even like the parachurch ministry he was letting you know it was time to let that go because he was yes. getting ready to move you somewhere else. You didn't know it at the time, but you can see it now. Yeah. Oh, that's really, yeah. that's a really neat story. Thank yeah. you, Carolina, for sharing with us. That, it's going to be really helpful for other leaders to hear how God directed you and led you into women's ministry. One verse that I came across as I was looking in some notes that I'd um, had was Second Chronicles 20, the end of verse 12. It's mm -hmm. Jehoshaphat. And the phrase that's at the end of that verse, it says, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. <laughs> I was like, that. yeah, that's me. <laughs> I need that like hanging somewhere. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Let's make a sign out of that. Let's do a cross stitch or a painting out of that. <laughs> that's great. It's a great yeah. reminder. As long as we keep our eyes on God, it's all going to be okay. Yes, yes. Well, can you tell us a little bit about how your team is structured? You mentioned everybody serves in their own gifts. So do you guys have formal roles? And how many women are on your team? <laughs> we do not. You saw that table, the people that the pastor had emailed, that's the team. Gotcha. And I, I kind of uh, just kind of assumed that and set up a meeting and they all came and then we didn't, couldn't do anything. Over the summer, we did have a couple of Zoom meetings for the ladies because people were feeling like, we need to connect, but mm -hmm. we can't get together. And one of the things, our leadership continued to meet. And we met over Zoom some once in a while in person. I was part of that because it was elders and deacons. And I think even that was part of the reason God had me 
in this position. I had a friend of mine from church say, Carolina, I'm glad you've been on that team because it's mostly men. There's myself and one other woman. And she said, you know, we just see things differently and we can see things that they don't realize need to be taken care of. And I'm like, well, yeah, there are some things that I can see where God used me in in that. And maybe that's why I was. It may not be the only reason, but a big reason of why it happened at the time it did. In the fall, we had those Zoom meetings just like like this. We're just talking and we maybe talked about the Sunday sermon, but also just what's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. And we had one in the evening. It was eight o'clock at night for people that hopefully after they put the kids to bed and ladies that worked. And then we had another one during the day for moms that were at home. Um, that one, it didn't last very long because they were homeschooling, so they couldn't get on. And the evening one, there were, I think, maybe eight or nine that regularly met there, and we just talked. You know, it was just, how'd your day go? How's it going with the kids? We had one lady says, oh, I just can't get my kid to bed anymore. And we talked about that. And it was just good to see each other because we weren't Mm -hmm. even seeing each other. They lasted for a couple of months and then it kind of fizzled. People weren't showing up. And I said, okay, I guess we don't need it. Well, then church was starting in person again. So I said, let's get together like the men do. The men have a Saturday morning breakfast and once a month. And I'm like, okay, let's do a women's once a month on a Saturday. I didn't want to make a big deal out of a meal. You know, they were like, oh, let's have an egg casserole and we can do this and this. And I'm like, wait a minute. We don't want it to be a big thing so that if we have volunteers for the next month, they will realize they don't have to do a huge meal. So we had it just bring your own beverage and then we'll provide muffins. Bring your Bible and a beverage. And we sat at tables and we discussed the sermon, the messages. How can I put those into practice? How am I putting those into my Monday through Saturday life also? And that's how it started. And we've been having those once a month. And Now I've sent out an email. We need to regroup and kind of figure out what we're doing, you know, more formally. We haven't had a whole lot because it's been a year of unusual. (laughs) What do you call it? (laughs) But you guys have done really well continuing to try to provide opportunities for your women to connect. And I love this whole idea of bring your beverage and a Bible. Mm-hmm. that that's very catchy and it keeps the focus like you said it didn't yes. become this huge thing you weren't setting this precedent of we're going to have this enormous meal we get a little competitive sometimes in women's ministry our food has to be better than their food last month or whatever mm-hmm. i like that you guys kept it very simple bring your bible bring your beverage mm-hmm. and we'll provide muffins and i like yeah. too that you kept the programming simple You just talked about the sermon series that you got on and how you were going to apply that in your life. Right, right. There wasn't a whole lot of prep work probably for that. No, I was like, I don't know who might show up. I don't know who would come. We didn't know if some of the ladies that weren't coming on Sunday might come to this Mm -hmm. because it would be smaller. Um, And so then it, it could be big. I was like, I don't even know how many to prepare for. And I had a lady making muffins. She goes, what do you think? And I said, well, 
let's do six tables and we'll only put four at a table so you're kind of spaced out even for that. I think the first month we had 10 and we've had a dozen and it's been a little bit more each month and I just I felt too that okay it's mainly been the leaders doing things but once in a while I'd ask someone will you help me set the tables up and put the plates around I had some centerpieces that I could use like in December I have a nativity collection so I just brought nativities and put them oh, at the center cool. of each table and in February or January at our at my office several of us have snowmen and I said can I take these home over the weekend and just set them in the center for our for our table oh yeah sure that's fine I probably took on more than I should have but I really didn't want to put too much on anyone that would cause them not to come or cause them problems I guess I felt I had the freedom time-wise mm -hmm. and to be away you know not having a family to watch after I could go there the night before I could get there early to make sure things were set up and going but I asked others would you bring muffins would you do this would you you know and so in some respects I felt like I, I did too much even though we didn't do much. I kind of felt like we needed something a little more because we had limited it to high school age and above and even that was a discussion with our leaders like who comes like everyone and I said you know I'm really not comfortable having your whole family come you know your four-year-old daughter come and I said I really think we need to keep it the adults and then it's like there's only a couple of teenagers in our our congregation and they're mature and I said well how about if we go high school and above I don't know that I would share some of my prayer requests with a high school age or a younger kid there. And the mother sent a note to me later, said, I appreciate you saying that. I had not thought of that. I was just focusing on, I want to bring my daughters. I want to show them what it's like to be women getting together. And I thanked her. I said, I appreciate that. So in February, we had a daughter's brunch. And that was our meeting that month. We had a speaker, a lady from our church that is wise in words, wise in the Bible. And we had egg casserole. We had 50 people there. And I told them at the beginning, I just want, you know, I called this a daughter's brunch for a reason. And I want to explain why. We're all daughters. I said, I'm not a mother and I don't have daughters. So when they call it a mother-daughter, I have a hard time going sometimes. So daughter's brunching covers all of us. I've got a confession to make. Sometimes I get stuck in a rut praying the same prayers over and over for the women in my Bible study and on my women's ministry team. If you do too, I've got good news. I've created a free prayer resource for leaders. The 21 prayers for women in your church or small group is a free three-week prayer guide. Each day focuses on a specific scripture and a request for your group's spiritual growth, including unity, forgiveness, humility, and much more. You can download this free resource today at womensministrytoolbox.com slash freebies. Carolina, tell us what is your favorite thing about serving in women's ministry? Probably the connections with the women. There's some women on the team that I 
haven't spent time with and hadn't really gotten to know but because of this I have and I've also been forced to reach out of my comfort zone and ask other women and I'm kind of an introvert I have my small group of friends and and so I've really had to think okay who are the women in the church I have our directory and kind of page through it and think of other names I actually made a list of the women in our church so that I had them on one sheet and um, I used that of sometimes for prayer just you know kind of walking through it so I can say names but also to call someone to jog my memory you know because there's people that you remember all the time and it's like no wait a minute if I'm going to be the deacon in women's ministry, I need to make sure I'm reaching out to all of the women in the church. So. I love that. And with a church your size, that's totally manageable. And for those yeah. leaders listening that it's not, divide those names up among your team, if at all possible, so that everybody can be covered. What do you wish someone had told you when you were a, and this was not that long ago because you told us you've only been doing this a year, but what do you wish yeah. somebody had told you before you started out as a new women's ministry leader? Oh my, I guess that I would learn things that I didn't realize I wanted to learn. I mean, there are things that I'm wanting to learn and I never thought about it before, but also things that I needed to learn. Mm. I mean, just dealing with things and and I already have a situation where I was able to talk to an elder and I said you know I'm not bragging about myself but I can tell you this is how I reacted and that's not how I would have reacted a year or so ago and I said you know God has changed me and he's like you're bragging on God you're not bragging on yourself you're bragging on God so just realize that <laughs> You may think you know what you need to know, but you're going to learn some things. You're going to learn things about yourself that you didn't even realize you needed to know about yourself. You're going to learn about people, too. You're going to learn people that you never thought you had anything in common with, but you do. And especially if it's another Christian, you do have things in common with them. You have the Lord in common, for one. That's the main right. thing. And because of that, you'll find other things. Oh, such wisdom already. Imagine <laughs> what you're going to be like 10 years from now. It's going to be great, oh. right? <laughs> oh. Hopefully I'll have mentored someone to take my place. <laughs> That's true. God may call you elsewhere between now and yeah. then. Well, as we wrap this up, I have one last question for you. Women's ministry leaders are always looking for great resources. Do you have a resource that you would have found helpful that you'd like to share with us? Well, of course, I've found yours, Women's Ministry Toolbox, the Facebook page. That's been fun to just see what other people are doing. There are ladies that put pictures of events or talk about, you know, we did this. We want to do something like it. Can we do it virtually? And the ladies are so helpful and they share. They give you ideas. As I was looking, I just kind of Googled or put in the search bar, women's ministry. And I also came across another one that really resonated with me, especially because we have such a small church. And it's called the Creative Little Church. Mm -hmm. And Lori Acker, I think that's her last name, she started it to share resources with small churches. Because sometimes when you read things, you're like, oh, that's so cool. And then you're like, 
uh, they're a huge church. How can I do that? They're talking 20 volunteers. Well, I only have 20 people total. Mm -hmm. So that's been really interesting. And she's had an online conference even that I was able to attend. It was, it's free. There's other aspects to it that you can pay for, but it's free to attend. She had one just general for church ministries. But then in January, she had one that was for women in small churches. And a couple of the ladies on my team were able to listen in on that one also. And we're really excited about talking about that when we get together again. Just search. You'll mm -hmm. find things. And ask, too. You know, in both of those groups, people ask, you know, we did this Bible study. Do you have a follow-up one? Or this is the kind of thing I'm looking for. Do you have suggestions? And you'll find more than you need. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Oh, that's going to be so helpful for leaders who are listening. Thank you for sharing those with us. Sure. We just so appreciate you being willing to share your experience with us and talk about what women's ministry is like in your church. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for asking me, Cindy. I didn't know if I'd have anything to really share since I was so new and small church. So I appreciate the way you ask questions and just kind of converse and bring things out. Well, you had lots to share. We've learned lots today. It's been great. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Women's Ministry Toolbox podcast. Leading in women's ministry can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. You'll find support and ideas you can use in the Women's Ministry Toolbox Community Facebook group. We'd love for you to join us. Search for us on Facebook or visit womensministrytoolbox.com groups to access the link. May the grace of God carry you through difficult ministry seasons. May he direct your steps as you seek to make him known. And may your love for the Lord be apparent to every woman you serve.